uh, I was a little skeptical that it would sort of sound all tinny and very 90s. No, but, you sound uh, no, great. Good. No. Oh, no. good. Fantastic. Yeah. No, we've been... Loud and clear. We, we are professionals, so... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. No, um, we'll talk some hockey and habs and all sorts of fun stuff. Perfect. Great. Awesome. Look forward to it. This is great. Super. Yay! Okay. All, right. <laughs> all right, let's get started. So, okay, five... Welcome back, listeners. It is the season premiere of the third season uh, of the Happy Hour. Um, thanks for, you know, listening to us. For the past, uh, you know, what was it now? A year and a half, I think we're coming on. <laughs> Almost. Now, give or take, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that. And thank you for coming back. We have whew, all sorts of good stuff to talk about today. <laughs> uh, my name is David Oje, and I am at MetalDave01 on Twitter.com. And I'm joined, as always, by Beth. Hello. I'm at Eliza underscore B-E-T-H-A-N on Twitter. And Veronica. Yeah, I am at C-H-I-L-E underscore Pepper on Twitter. And that's the Happy Hour at Happy Hour. Now, we do have a guest with us this evening. Uh, Veronica, yes. can you tell the listeners who this person is? This person <laughs> is, uh, he's formerly of the Globe and Mail, and that's when I fell in love with his writing. And now he writes for The Athletic, Montreal. And no we way. are... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we are very pleased to uh, have joined with us. Uh, join us. I just got all my words mixed up. I'm so sorry. Mr. Sean Gordon. Yeah. Hello. Hi, Sean. Hello. Hi. Hi. Sorry, Hello. Is this, is this where I jump in? Yes. Jump in? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. We nailed, you, uh, nailed the landing. Nailed the landing, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Our pleasure. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, I suppose I will start it off because I have a few, um, let's see, what what's the word for, with it? Uh, house cleaning questions. So, Sean, you are an excellent writer. Uh, Veronica uh, put me onto your articles, uh, you know, a few times, and I'm always uh, really impressed uh, with your prose and the amount of uh, effort that you put into uh, what you're doing. Um, I think I jabbed you one day <laughs> on Twitter where I said, oh, you're writing again? because <laughs> that's one of the things with writing is that you have to do it often so i'm kind of wondering what influenced you to become a sports writer where did where did that come from oh boy okay uh <laughs> yeah wow um well actually i've i've always kind of been a sports guy uh i got into sports mostly thanks to my grandpa um and uh and my dad and so um I I basically have been an inveterate newspaper reader essentially all my life, and and mm -hmm. uh, the one paper I kind of aspired to um, to uh, write for, actually both of them I ended up writing for, which is the Toronto Star and the and the Globe and Mail. And uh, I, I when I was little uh, in the seventies, long long time ago, I would read Trent Frayne and I would read. Um, I would read Milt Dunnell and and people like that, and I always I always thought that it was just like I don't know was, I always got a kick out of the way they wrote and the stories they told, and it just always felt right to me. And so um, I went to university, and then um, I was studying economics and political science, and didn't really know what I was wanting to do with uh, my life. And I originally kind of thought, well, I'll go, I'll maybe I'll go apply for law school or grad school or something like that. And then um, I had a friend. Um, because I, I went to high school. I grew up mostly in, in Montreal and, and Ottawa, and I had a friend that I went to high school with who essentially taunted me into going to write for the uh, student paper because he'd uh, he'd seen stuff that I'd written before about, you know, whether it was just reports or things around, like just, you know, essays, whatever. And he said, you'd be good at this. You should do this. This is You're interested in this kind of stuff. You always have your, your nose in a newspaper. You should just go and, and tell them that you're willing to volunteer your services. And so... Uh, I walked into the McGill Tribune, um, and uh, the Daily were, was like a nest of communists. It was awesome. But they were like, I just I wasn't cool enough. I wasn't cool enough to, to work with those guys, and so I went to the uh, far more corporate uh, uh, Tribune. And uh, it was funny because I I sort of said, you said, oh great, well you know thanks for coming in, and what would you like to do? And I said, I don't know. Like, and they said, well, 
what are your interests? And I said, well, I got lots of interests. And I said, I like, like sports. I like this. I like that. It's like, well, here, we, you know, we have no sports reporters or hardly any. So why don't you come and do this? And so. Oh, perfect. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So that's essentially how it started. And it's funny because the, the there are actually a bunch of people who were there around that time who have gone on to like some pretty impressive careers. Like the guy who runs the Monk Center in Toronto is at the University of Toronto was like a guy who was a a hack at the at the paper and there was an, another another guy who works for the wall street journal and it's Whoa. kind of funny another guy who works for abc news and 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 so and little old me and and it's and and that's kind of where it started and i started spending um a disproportionate amount of time at the student paper uh probably more than my folks would have thought strictly healthy if they'd known but uh anyway and then I essentially I, I kind of thought well all right what am i going to do and i applied for journalism school and um, my dad has a childhood friend who used to work uh, at the Globe and CBC, and I got some advice as to where I should go. And he said, just go to a place with a, uh, a um, an internship, essentially, ideally a paid one, because otherwise mm-hmm. they'll have no respect for you. And so I went to school in Regina. Um, Regina? And then, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Prairies, baby. Went out there yeah. for a couple of years, oh, and then man. I worked in <laughs> I worked in Calgary. I worked in Edmonton. Um, I worked, uh, then I worked in Quebec City, I did a bunch of political reporting and crime reporting and all sorts of other stuff, and then I finally, oh, wow. uh, I finally got my uh, sports break uh, to cover the Expos, actually, and then uh, Ooh, exciting got times. out of sports again, and then got back into sports uh, at the Globe in 2008, when they kind of called out of the blue and, and, uh, and made an offer I just couldn't refuse. That's beautiful. Fascinating. Incredible. That is fascinating. Oh, it, Beth and I are true crime buffs. Oh, we are. All <laughs> right. Well, yes. there you go. Well, uh, yeah. The, you know, you guys like uh, Scott Burnside, um, who writes for The Athletic as well. Yeah. He was he, he was a crime reporter for a long, long time. Oh. He wrote a book. Ooh. He wrote a book on uh, he wrote a book on Carla Hamolka. Uh, oh. Yeah, he used to, he was like, like he was like a serious crime reporter, like at the at the Toronto Sun and stuff like that. So yeah, it's always kind of funny whenever oh, I see really him. Cool. But he's of course like the sunniest, friendliest person in the history of the world. <laughs> right? These grizzly crimes is quite funny. I feel like that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, and, and every once in a while, every once in a while, the uh, every once in a while, the old instincts uh, help me out. You know, I the, yeah. the draft, I at the draft, I was able to essentially sniff around until I found out where <laughs> Cole, Cole Caulfield's parents were hiding, and just kind of lay in wait for uh, for Paul Caulfield and poked his head out, and I said, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? And he's like, "Okay," uh, and I said, "He said, how do you know what? How do you know I like? I'm like, Paul, like." There, there are pictures of you on the internet. Like, this isn't hard. Well, I think he was more surprised Can... that you found him in the first place because he actually literally has to poke his head out somewhere. The point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well just, you know, you know the, the, at the drafts, uh, the draft, they, 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 they try to, and as well they should, they try to kind of protect the families. And so there's yeah. a bunch of pe- bunch of places where people like me aren't supposed to go, and I sort of lurked around the edges of one of them until he until he showed up. So, Perfect. can I can I ask if you? This is a little off topic i'm sorry but if you know about the um the canuck um murder conspiracy no the Van- with vancouver Canucks, um lyndon vay his dad um and his mistress were conspiring to oh right no i, uh, I you know yeah. what i did actually yes, <laughs> yeah yes, yes. Now that you know, you've jogged my memory god what yeah. a story hey yeah that, i mean that was back in like 2013 so it's been a while but yeah they were gonna <laughs> murder each other's spouses so they could be together Jeez. Yeah, you know that's. Uh, I I don't understand why people think that. First of all, that that's a good idea. And yeah, second of all, yeah. That they could ever get away with it. But anyway, fair enough. Well, it's the classic double whammy, you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's, it's it's tried and true, obviously. <laughs> exactly, oh. Shakespearean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's uh, that's really incredible, Sean. Thank you for sharing all of that. It really, it, yeah. it's like, well, no wonder he's such a fantastic writer. You have such a rounded worldview you like you mentioned uh, that you uh, study political science and that you have reported on thing on other things aside from sports in the past and it really shows oh yeah it's like I, very... I got I, I even got to cover the white house for a while which yeah. is what? cool and, whoa yeah, yeah the is like the in w oh, no. and yeah. uh, donald rumsfeld and all those idiots yeah it was great and oh, wow. uh wow I, got to, I, I was lucky i was really lucky because I, I i broke into newspapers at a really good time um Kind of the yeah. mid '90s, and it was uh, not yet in it. The industry wasn't yet in its death in its uh, in its death throes, and I was able to work like the 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 one thing that's interesting is that like the all these regional newspapers, and I think most people don't really remember this, but like all these like regional metro dailies in Calgary and Regina and 
mm-hmm. Vancouver and Edmonton, all over. There's like Winnipeg, uh, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. All, like all of the local papers used to be these really, really, like just completely packed with incredible talent. And um, the National Post was really interesting because that was also kind of a that was the moment that that allowed a lot of people like me to go from being contractors to getting full time jobs because they essentially stole all the top talent in the country um, right and uh, drove a bunch of wages up which is good too but yeah that that was essentially kind of like the the accelerant um uh at that time because it was you know the, the the economy was kind of in the toilet but uh, mm-hmm. yeah so i was i've just been really lucky to be to be surrounded and to be helped along by just amazing people and coached um mercilessly and hard which is what you need i think sometimes yes. and and so and and just to have, have the occasion to you know, you're a political reporter working at a legislature. You're writing five, six stories a day, and they're not all going to be great, but you are going to learn to write sort of effectively and clearly. Exactly. And you know what? The more the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? It's like anything else. Yeah, especially in your case. I'm really glad that you found um, that you found that you decided to follow what you love doing and found a way to get paid for it. That is honestly the greatest thing uh, that I like. That that is yeah. that is the one the one thing in my life that I'm the most thankful for. I think beyond all, just about anything. And yeah. Uh, like, yeah, it's it's honestly like it's it, it, journalists like to bitch and complain. This is kind of what we do. But at the same time, like I could always find something to complain about. But at the same time, it's never really felt. Even as even if it's in a, in its rougher moments, it's never really felt like a job. Like it's just it's just cool. I love it. It's great. Awesome. That's awesome. That's that the advice awesome. I've been giving my son who graduated high school last year and he's taking, you know, he's taking some time off because he said, oh, well, I mean, I guess I've got to go work in an office for the rest of my life. And I'm like, why? No. Like, <laughs> no, you that's my job. All right. To Back draw. Off. Yeah. Well, he loves to draw and he's he's so good at it. And I'm, so now he's going to be going to Emily Carr. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. And like and honestly, like it's it's just look, not everyone is as lucky uh, as I've been, I mean, and, and there is a huge element of luck to this. Like the, yes. the people, there are people who were far better journalists, student journalists than I was, or, or who, who were better, more gifted, uh, reporters than I was, uh, in journalism school and basically everywhere I've been. And some of them have gone on to, uh, careers that they're, that, that justified or sorry, that not that justified, but that were commensurate, I guess, to their talent. And, and a bunch of them just haven't been as lucky and, and that sucks, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, you, know, you can't, you can't, no. you can't predict necessarily what's gonna happen. All you can do is take your best shot at it. So, exactly. And we yeah. are thankful. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wise words. Uh, anyone looking for a career should listen to those words right now and uh, keep true to your heart. <laughs> do what you yeah. want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, let's see. Uh, Veronica, Beth, do you, do either of you have something else for Mr. Gordon? Well, I just wanted to talk about the draft, if we could. Mm. Sure. That's what I was going to jump into. I wanted to see if there was (laughs) any more true crime to talk about before. No, that's the only hot crime that I've got. (laughs) So it was the Green River Killer, exactly. So yes. Oh yeah. Oh, see here Um, we go. Yeah, the draft. The the draft. The draft was awesome. Uh, I've I've not covered lots. Uh, I did the one in Montreal, and I want to tell you that I did one other one, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't swear to you, like the, these events meld into one after a while. Mm. Um, but no, it was great. It was uh, other than the uh, other than the dodgy internet. Uh, see, we always complain. Um, yeah. At, uh, <laughs> at Rogers Arena, no, it was good. It was very cool. It's terrible think, there. And the Canadians, uh, yeah, I was. I don't think I don't think we were entirely sure what to expect out of that. But yeah, that was that was very cool. So yeah, sorry, I'm I'm talking and I should be listening. What, what are your questions? Oh no, you're. Oh you're, no, you're. you're you're guiding the boat a bit, actually. You're doing very well. Because I was going <laughs> to say is that going into the draft, the Habs, um, everyone's thinking we got to get D. Got to get, you know, a left-hand defenseman, mm-hmm. of course. And, uh, you know, we had Grant McCagg on last weekend, and his pick was uh, Lassie Thompson, you know, big guy. Right. And his projection was we need a big kid that has a killer shot to replace Weber at some point um, in the future, of course. Um, so, but as the draft went on and Caulfield – just kept dropping lower there. and lower and like i was thinking it's like there's no way somebody's gonna pass up on the kid but you know it just it fell into the halves laps and when you get something like that uh coming at you for your team you gotta take it so god bless oh, yeah. those like, guys i think we i was sitting like, like i was bandit. sitting in the 
arena. Yeah, I, I was sitting in the arena and thinking to myself, okay, you know, Detroit, what are you doing? Right? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But everybody loved cider, right? Like yes. cider. I, oh, I had yeah. someone tell me that there was no way cider. Like the Canadians were the Canadians quite liked cider, mm-hmm. and I, I was suggested to me that there was absolutely no hope that it would be there at fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, okay, well, that's aggressive, but fine. And then I thought, well, okay, well, Vancouver's going to grab them. Like Vancouver's going to grab Caulfield, one hundred percent. Like there's just no way around it. And then they said Quid Colson, and I was like, oh, okay. Hello. And then it's like I start looking down the board, and and now of course I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget who came in, in the immediate after. Like there was like some Phoenix, mm-hmm. and like and then somebody mm-hmm. traded up, and it was like the, yeah. the that... Coyotes traded up with Philly, and then there was Minnesota, and and then like all this stuff, and yes, and then the goalie gets picked, and I was like, okay. Uh, this might actually be happening. And then ultimately, even when Philly was there, I was like, well, Philly's going to take him. Philly's going to take the goal scorer. Like, they don't care about little guys. They've taken Konechny and others. Yeah. And it's like, boom, Cam York. And it's funny because, I mean, these are the, the Canadians organization is kind of a very difficult, um, it's, let's put it this way. It's not, it's not very permeable. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what's going on in there, except that there are clues every once in a while people leave breadcrumbs and, and at the, at, at his kind of, at the wrap-up news conference uh, at the very end that Trevor Timmons uh, did, he, he kind of alluded to the fact that um, that Philly picking York, he called it a help. Yes. And uh, my, my colleague Arpin Basu was like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, well, it's ask another scout. It's a hockey term, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we were sort of thinking of ourselves, well, wait a minute. Like, is he telling us something here? And essentially, oh, essentially, essentially, uh, Arpin's the best. Anyway, the, so, so, uh, uh, um, so, so we're like, well, what the hell does this mean? And then finally we start talking to other people and it was like, oh, okay. Essentially there was a, there was a, there was probably, Probably, I don't want to speak with too much authority because obviously I was. Yeah. Never, it sort of sounds as if there was probably a difference of opinion within mm. the organization as to what the pick should be. And I think, I think the scouts very clearly thought if Caulfield was going to be available, they were totally going to grab him. And I mean, he's one of only two players that they took for dinner in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, yep. So as I keep yeah. saying, like as I keep saying, if anyone lives near Buffalo and you want to know who the Habs are going to pick in the draft, go to the combine, stake out of a restaurant, see who they come up with for dinner. A vegetarian and restaurant. Then, <laughs> and then he's exactly. And then and then as out it was. And then. Uh, and then uh, you'll know who's on their list. But anyhow, so the the Lassie Thompson was the other kid that they took. I think I've already oh. punched down. Anyhow, so wow, the, the 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 theory, the operating theory, was that the guy that they took was either Broberg or York. But anyway, so I think that uh, it's entirely possible that York was the guy, mm. as far as some people in the organization are concerned, um, and that there were other players that they liked. And I know Thompson is a guy that they liked. Uh, Newhook is a guy that they liked. Um, I think they liked Peyton Krebs, too. And I think that that, that was also surprising to me that Peyton Krebs would slide uh, to 17. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, uh, um, and there are people, uh, I have an unreasonable authority from friends of mine who... Like we're getting into third hand territory here, but awesome. friends of mine, friends of mine who uh, have very good sources in Philly, who have said they knew uh, they liked York. York was the guy they wanted, and they figured they had to, they just they they needed to they weren't afraid of trading back because as long as they were ahead of Montreal, they knew they were going to get him. Right. And so essentially, it happens, and I'm just like, oh my god, they're going to take Cole Caulfield. And I was sitting with a bunch of the guys from RDS, and uh, Stéphane Leroux, who's their prospect guy, oh. gets a gets a text and he shows it to Luc Genina, who's who's also there and, and to me and he says here check this out and it was somebody saying Caulfield's the guy and uh, and just before that and this is also very cool one of the guys in my company who's work in Nashville uh, got a text either from Weber or from Weber's wife or oh Weber's God. dad or somebody uh, saying uh, I'm here and you know, Shay's actually going to be Shay's actually going to be announcing the, the choice, uh, which was kind of neat too. So anyway, yes. so that, that was, that cool, was, yes. that was kind of like a, a, a bit of a surprise. And honestly, like, it's just like, I don't like, I don't know. I was at development camp today and I saw him on the ice. Oh, perfect. Cool. I don't know, man. I think this guy's going to, it's, it's funny because I, I, I know Joel Teasdale a little bit. I've talked to him at various points and kind of shooting because of, yeah. Uh, so I was just through, Memorial Cup. That's right. So I was shooting the breeze with, them uh kind of on the you know on the on the margins of the whole thing and 
And uh, he was, uh, they put him out to do interviews and stuff, which is kind of nice. So anyway, okay. I was just chatting with him on the edge of the soccer field in Brossard because I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but there's, there's the two ice sheets and then there's a gigantic indoor soccer oh, yeah. field. Massive and so they do, been there before, right, so yeah. they do all the interviews. They do all the interviews after the, the development camp on the soccer field because it's quieter and there's just more room and it's not as smelly uh, as, mm. a, as a room full of teenage hockey players. Anyhow, That's so they, uh, so, so Teasdale and I was sort of, you know, asking him and Crawfield was over, I don't know, 20 feet away. And I said, what do you think of the kid? He's like, he's going to be just fine. I said, look at the size. Look at the size of his neck. Look at, look at how strong he is. Like, he's going to be okay. I'm not what he says. I, I have zero concern that this guy, like, he goes, forget about it. He goes, have you seen the guy's shot? And I, I wasn't actually there yesterday. So mm-hmm. I said, no. He goes, oh, no, you got to see this kid's release. It's nuts. And so there was. And then, like, in, in one of the games uh they played. Uh, they, they play a four-on-four game, then a three-on-three game, then they do shootout. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it was in the four in, on the four-on-four on the four-on-four game. He, he sort of slips behind somebody and storms in with the puck and just rips it. And the goalie, I don't remember which one it was, but because uh, they they got like a gazillion goalies. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, and like he, he didn't move. He didn't move. It hit him in the shoulder, but he didn't move. He didn't, was like, it uh, today's uh, scrimmage? <clears throat> Today's yeah yeah, I, yeah. that might have been I think Coffee was on red so I believe I believe he was shooting against uh, Lacuve then it might have been Lacuve it might or... have been pre I wasn't Primo no Primo was playing in red I think was yeah. I, I think I it was I think it was Cuve um, because somebody else tweeted about it yeah. was it okay it might have been yeah. him or it might have been the other guy the the I don't think it was the Danish kid that they picked <laughs> in the fifth round oh, right, uh, yeah. who is massive he's a big big boy is that Purpura uh, no, Purpura was the last goalie that they came in. He's the guy. He's from the USHL, who's also gigantic. Dude, he's, um, he's a bit older. Yeah, six five, six six. Yeah. Very large men. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Caulfield. That was it. Was quite a thing at the draft. I mean, I don't, and then yeah, I think it was just like uh, all all the all the stars aligned. And honestly, I think they're they had they had they could have picked. A player who is going to be a star slash superstar. They had a couple of different choices at that point, mm-hmm. um, and I don't I don't think it possibly could have gone better for no. the Canadians. I mean, I think the only way the only way it could have gone better is if they if they'd won the lottery and picked first or second, right? Exactly, like, that would yep. be the only way. Which, speaking of, oh my God, that puts um. So because of the draft, we have the Devils now that have uh, quite a roster now, especially because the next day in the yep. draft with the big trade <laughs> with PK going over to them. And yep. we're, we're definitely going to talk about that at some point. We either you might be uh, heading off after the fact, but um, the Devils, they're going to have a hell of a team, I think, next year. That's going to be are, a tough nut like, to crack. And, and even you look around, you look around the East and, and like everybody's getting better. So oh, yeah. Rangers are better. Sure, Rangers are better. Uh, Devils are better. Um, you know, the Islanders, I think, are going to be just fine. Um, they, you know, they re-sign pieces that they need. Uh, Pittsburgh is being very active. They're going to probably trade Phil Castle and get something good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the the yeah, like the, no one is really standing still. I mean, weirdly, the only team that hasn't done much so far is the Leafs, and I think everybody expects them to do something as well. <clears throat> I mean, uh, yeah, and and it's funny because the draft is kind of like um, like everyone in hockey is there, and it's a bit dizzying because all the agents are there, and then there's a bunch of like every executive in the league essentially is there. The owners are there, like people have their little cliques, and there's like certain bars where they drink and right. restaurants where they hang out. And like I went out for dinner at one point with one of my with one of my former colleagues who lives in Vancouver, and and uh, we went to a fish joint and uh, Which the one? Devils. Yeah, Coast. Um, oh, nice. On Burrard, yeah. So we went to Coast, and uh, and the Devils were there. And then on the side room, like Pierre Maguire and the NBC guys were there. And then the the Penguins were in another part of the restaurant. And uh, Paul Maurice was sitting at the bar. Um, wow. You know, just chatting up and like having a good time and doing Paul Maurice things. He is the absolute <laughs> best guy. He is the absolute best guy. He's I love amazing. him. He's a, he's a fabulous human. Yeah. Um, well, and so far as like, he's a fabulous human whenever I see him. I don't know what he does at home, yeah. but anyway, the, the, <laughs> so the, the, yeah, no, but like, honestly, like it's this very, and so there's all this stuff going on and there's just these, there's rumor after rumor Ooh. after rumor. Hey, such and such is in play. Really? Have you heard that? No, let me check. Boom. Hmm. Like, and then you're running around and trying to talk to people and figuring stuff out. And, you know, I'd, I'd had 
I had a little bit of, I'm not an insider type guy. That's not really my jam, but like the, the, you still run across people that, you know, and they tell you stuff, right. Or they're trying to yeah. find out stuff from you. And, uh, it was great because the athletic, uh, did this thing, which I honestly, I've never worked for a company that's ever done something like this before, but I think it might also be very kind of Silicon Valley ish thing to do. But they mm. flew every hockey writer in the company to Vancouver. There was like 70 of us there. That's and amazing. Including all the editors and including everybody. And we were mostly staying in the same hotel. And, uh, and so like you're, 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 you're sitting there in the lobby waiting for, I mean, we were, the Montreal guys were kind of traveling together because we wanted to make sure that we were, you know, like you got to coordinate and know what everybody's up to and all that stuff. And so mm-hmm. sitting in the lobby waiting for Mark DeMont or, you know, our Benner Mark Antoine and, and then, you know, Jesse Granger from the, from the Las Vegas shows up. Hey man, how's it going? Start chatting. <laughs> oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, Josh Yoey from Pittsburgh will turn in the discussion. No, oh, that's worse shit. That's not a, this. It's this. It's not that. And you know, and then like Aaron Portsline, who is one of the most amazing reporters, like in in any any kind of thing. You could you could like if you needed if you needed somebody to cover the apocalypse and to have good sources on the apocalypse, like Portsline's a guy. <laughs> and and. And so, you know, he'll turn up and tell an amusing story about James Wisniewski or whatever. And then, uh, you know, and, and anyway, so it was like this very interesting environment where um, even in addition to the usual dynamic of essentially every every team president, chief scout, uh, head therapist, uh, owner, president, coach, assistant coach, uh, whatever, they're all there. PR people uh, the, the agents and everything else. Like, it's just like, you also have this kind of dynamic of, of the company, which was very cool. So anyway, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, and as far as the other choices go, I mean, I got to tell you, like the, I think everybody kind of looked around and said, Jaden Struble, who the hell is Jaden right. Struble? And he yeah. had around. a very good camp too. He looked he, very good he has out so there. far. He got, I think he picked up an injury this afternoon, but, uh, oh, oh, right. no. lower body, yeah. it's a lower body. I don't think it's anything serious, but like he, it's funny. Cause he's, he's, I think he's like the fifth or sixth, the youngest player in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I can't uh, believe he's like in high school. Yeah. Yeah. He's 17. And, <laughs> but he's, but he's like, but, but he's a man, man. Yeah. He's gigantic. He's a very, very big, strong fella. Yeah. And, um, and so, it was interesting to see him out there. And then um, the uh, Matthias uh, Norlinger, I think his name is, mm-hmm. um, he's hurt, so he's not here, unfortunately. But I'll be like, there, there are people who are of the view, uh, the famous 200 hockey men, who are of the view that uh, he is a, there were a lot of people looking at him, even though he was 20. Um, mm-hmm. he's a guy, he's a guy that I think is a bit of a late bloomer, but I think he's, he's viewed as a player who is going to be a very fast riser. Like he's going to be, uh, I think he still qualifies for the Swedish world junior team. I could be wrong, but I think he does. Um, and, uh, he's a player who is seen as a future, like two, three guy, um, which is interesting. You don't, you don't come across a lot of those players in the second round generally. Yeah, seriously. Um, no. And then, uh, and then, I mean, you guys are going to have to. It was all a bit of a blur. You guys are going to have to throw other names out at me if you want more information <laughs> on them. I, the, um, the, I know that uh, today, uh, Gianni Fairbrother was making a name for himself. Right. Yeah. Third Johnny, round, seventy seventh. Yep. Seventy seventh pick GPO, overall. And J.P. O'Connor. J.P. O'Connor from uh, TSN was sitting next to me today from uh, TSN Radio and he's like uh, he's huh, great. Johnny Fairbrother eh? Goes, <laughs> how many fights do you think how many fights do you think that kid got yeah, into when he was little? exactly <laughs> um, he's a uh, yeah he's an interesting case he's a um, uh, I was trying to think of who he reminds me of and and like he I I, I, I feel like he, he reminds me of like a more effective kind of Dietz. He kind of looks a little bit like Darren Dietz. I think you guys remember Darren Dietz, who yeah. like, never really made it in the NHL, but like who is absolutely right. destroying the KHL. Yeah. Um, but he has a similar sort of look, kind of up, up, upright. There's vague, vague resemblance as well, I think, facially. And, and, and but, I mean, Fairbrother was just like, yeah, he's assertive and 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 uh, hard-nosed player. Like, uh, yeah, he's he's the sort of guy who, who I think he's the sort of guy that was also. Kind of a sleeperish, uh, boutiquey, fancy, yeah, fancy boy pick uh, mm-hmm. that other teams were also looking at as well, and, and uh, very intriguing. And 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 
man of a few words, but at the same time, he's uh, he's he's like uh, I guess he lets his game do the talking. But yeah, he had no he looked really good today, and I mean, it's hard to it's hard to draw any kind of conclusions from a lot of these uh, scrimmages because there are players that you might think will look kind of like you know Nick Suzuki didn't set the world on fire, except he had. He had like four or five sequences where you just go, oh yeah, right, yeah. He's yeah. like, he's he can do it. He, he gets pretty good. He can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever. And he paling wants. too. Paling, yeah. Paling is um, paling is a uh, paling looks like a guy who uh, who hasn't uh, been on the ice in a while. Um, his passes are still very good. His handles are like, yeah. There's there are a couple of little moments here where we were like, uh, yeah, he's in summer mode. <laughs> You know, he's not a guy who uh, he's not a guy. He's been to, and he's also, in fairness, been to a bunch of these things. I mean, he's not a guy. Right. Who's, uh, he's not a guy who has to fight for for a contract or anything like that. So I, I mean, like, uh, right, right. I like hearing him. I like what he has to say. He seems very. Uh, he's not just putting out sound bites. He he puts some thought into what he's doing and where he is and where he should be. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and he's well. I mean, it's the best. It also of being a slightly older kid. I mean, yeah. can you imagine how terrifying it would be if you were like 17 years old. You're, you're like in grade 12 and you're showing oh up God. to, like you've been drafted in front yeah. of all, however many people, and you're being you're being you're being interviewed by a, a, a huge mob of reporters with like a 16 television. I'm exaggerating, but there were like honest to God, there were probably like seven eight cameras in his face, uh, and they put them on these little kind of. Um, it's like a little dais, like a, I don't know how you describe it, like a, a little stage, and yeah. uh, there's a, there's a there's a chair, like a little desk, and a bottle of water, and the the cameras are kept at a respectful distance, but we like people like me can't hear mm-hmm. what's being said, so we kind of crowd in on the sides, and it must feel very invasive. But anyhow, yeah, so yeah. you got all these guys there, and like Paling's Paling's no big deal, right? I mean, you know, yeah. we've scored four goals in the Bell Center. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he's 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 been he's been he scored. A, Patrick the World Juniors, you know, he's done yeah. he's done a lot of cool stuff in his career and he's a little older. Mm-hmm. And so and it shows, it totally shows. And, you know, obviously college guy, but yeah, he's forthright. He's kind of got the uh obviously sort of like uh I call them like football coach voices. Mm. Uh yes. sort of like <laughs> hey, how you doing? You know, and, like, uh, the, right. and that that's a caricature. But he is like, yeah, he's got sort of like uh you know, he's a he's a He's, he he's speaks more with authority. Yeah, yeah, he's more seasoned. But he's and and he looks, you know, he's been working very hard, very clearly. I mean, he he was talking, he was joking today. He's like, you know what? I first when I came to these, I was 170 pounds because now I'm 210. Right. Right. Because there's like wow. there, there is there is there is like 30 percent more of me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and so, uh, no, and he's he's a player who I think I mean, I don't know what the future holds for him. I, I have a feeling. Like, I, I don't know. I don't have any inside knowledge as to this, and who knows what what changes between now and 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 September. But I, I think mm-hmm. if if you're if you're going into camp with more or less the same cast of characters as they have now, I kind of feel like maybe he starts the year in Laval, um, mostly yeah. because you don't want to have a guy like that play eight, nine, ten minutes a night if he can be playing seventeen yes. or eighteen, and especially if he can be playing with another high end prospect like. Suzuki or you know Ulanin if he stays over here uh, I don't know what his contract status is I should probably should check that uh, he looked quite good today he's uh yeah. he's another guy who his skating is just yeah oh, that was plus, exactly plus. it his skating was just unreal plus plus sequences. plus Holy yeah cow. plus 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 yeah he's uh he's not a very big dude though uh mm-hmm. so I don't know how he would withstand the rigors but I think he'd be fine and like they're gonna have a decent team in Laval next year and I think that yeah. at least part of the plan um is to expose those guys to uh to mr red helmet uh, bouchard he was out there yeah. as well had the red helmet on yeah. don't care what anybody thinks tired of falling on my head give me a helmet want, yeah. want everybody to know where i am exactly so uh we're no, big that was, fans uh, on this podcast mm-hmm. yeah he's yes. an interesting cat too we can talk about him later if you want. yeah <laughs> i was actually i had one more question on a player at uh the camp uh he was an invite yeah. that um that i believe if i'm saying it correctly it's um uh, Oxentiuk? Yeah, yeah, the guy, the kid from Belarus. Yeah, that's because, right. Uh, the Canadians a... have such, they have such success with, uh, with players from Belarus. Yeah, yeah Belarus. right. <laughs> well, no, I was just, I was watching him today, and I was like, you know, of all the people that I didn't know, and, you know, it's a few that I don't know that's there, but yeah. him, uh, Mr. Belarus, Oxentiuk, was, uh, he reminded me so much of Brennan Gallagher. I was like, holy cow. 
Chow. Either that or like a Martin yep. Rawai too as well. Yeah, I would actually say that he reminds me a little bit more of the Rawai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But still, yeah, he's like a diminutive guy, but kind of getting into it and knocking sticks out of the way. And yeah, he's he's uh, I don't know. I don't I'm. Like I don't know where they get some of these guys. To be honest, like uh, <laughs> presumably, presumably his agent played with somebody. Mm. Oh, um, <laughs> no probably Bergevin. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, he's no one. He's an no one, and uh, he plays for a team called Soligorsk. Right. Um, and, and undrafted like, as well, too. So undrafted plays with men. Although he is, he's an no one. So that so this would be his draft year, right? Yeah, yeah. So so coming uh, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, but he's obviously a guy that that somebody saw somewhere and decided to invite him along. He, he is an interesting guy, and they had a couple other guys who were on the on the shorter side uh, out there too. Like Raphael Harvey Pinard, who I think is, oh, he looks mm-hmm. like a player too, and and uh, Rhett, Pit, Rhett Pitlick, who is just like Pitlick. he's another guy wow. that they, that they drafted, and he's fast. Wow, he is fast, fast. Like he's like Paul Byron, fast, 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 fast. Whoa, and. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know what? A couple of other players actually stood out to me. Um, I mean, I, I wish I could tell you more about Oksentiak. Uh, no one, no one asked for him or well, talked no, to him. And I was free. like, if there's somebody that might know something, like maybe Mr. Gordon can fill us. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was, sorry, stretch, sorry, it's man. Okay. It's okay. Sorry, man. Gonna let you, gonna let you down on that one. Hey, no problem. Um, the uh, uh, let's see. The um, the other guy um, who I thought was kind of interesting um is a kid called vincent marlo who is uh oh yeah he's he a, a reineranda guy he had a goal today, and I he's think. like a buddy he's a he's, he's like a he played with harvey pinard obviously in teasdale <laughs> and i thought he looked pretty good like and he's a 99 right so he's kind of slipped through the cracks and there's a bunch of the players on that team Alex Bocage ended up getting drafted, but it was a, he's a I believe he's either a late birthday or a nineteen year old. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bunch of players on that team who uh, who are going to get looks by virtue of the fact that um, um, that well they, they just played with really good teams, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, yeah, I thought I thought he looked quite good. I mean, Jake Evans had moments as well, but like uh, yeah, the the you know Marlowe was interesting. Alan McShane scored a beauty of a goal. I mean, I think he's a guy who oozes uh, assurance um, and skill. I think he's, yeah, he's, he, yeah, I think he could be a player too. I mean, there's there's just a lot of guys. Jack Gorniak, who's at the University of Wisconsin, uh, right. who they drafted last year. Uh, he looked, he looks like a guy who's got a plan now. Um, and that's really how you can tell, eh? Like a lot of these kids, like the, the, there's a lot of skill there's a lot of handsy. There's a lot of uh, ability, but you, the, the ones the ones who are closer to uh, mm-hmm. to the roster, I, I think, are the ones who really have a plan. They they they're going out there and they they know what they're doing. Like uh, Evans, was, yeah. yeah, you could sort of tell. I mean, and he's probably the oldest guy there, right? So um, yep, yep. that also that also helps. Hayden Verbeek, yeah, I'm trying to look at. They're just kind of looking down the list. I mean, Suzuki made a couple of like super high skill plays. Um, and and you just like yeah like I said like he's just he's putting in time like he he he's you know that I don't think there's a lot for him to uh, necessarily um, I'm getting a call sorry guys oh no worries that's okay we don't it's hear Arpen. it it's Arpen I'll oh. call him back in a minute okay um, <laughs> hi Arpen uh, <laughs> uh, exactly you know what maybe uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll shoot him a quick slack here and just call him <laughs> <laughs> um, that's no problem the um, yeah, I mean, and so, you know, I think Suzuki is not a guy who feels, who seems to feel overly stressed by, by uh, what, what he's dealing with here. And I mean, pretty obvious that he's going to get an invite to the big camp, I would think. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's and so, and thing. obviously, and a guy who's going to play pro this year. And I think, and that was the other kind of thing that was interesting where you sort of see, there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a different uh, vibe um, off the guys who are turning pro and right. who are going to be uh, part of the organization, you know, in a, in a more formal way than just uh, t-shirts and Under Armour gear and you mm. know, a pair of workout shorts. So mm-hmm. uh, certainly, yeah. So would you say the future is bright? <laughs> I would. I would. Yes. I mean, uh, it's not. Uh, it's like the the. Um, 
it's hard to predict what what these players are going to be, but yeah. at the same time, like when you look just at, just by dint of sheer numbers, like the fact that they've been able to add 21 prospects to the pool in essentially 12 and a half months. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And and at some point not all of them are going to make it quite clearly, but even if you no. only get no. six NHL players out of 21, that's still pretty good. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. better than they had. And, and in terms of high-end talent, like like Caulfield is a high-end talent. I think Suzuki's yes. a high-end talent. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced Paling is a high-end talent. I think he's a he's a he's a he he will be a very effective, possibly high-end player. I'm not sure he's going to be a big-time scorer in the NHL. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was funny because someone asked him today. It's like, well, um, uh, you know. He scored four in uh, in this game. He yeah. scored three in this other game. It's like you're not going to score fifty. And he says, "Oh, I might." <laughs> <laughs> That's the way, kiddo. <laughs> uh, exactly. But it's like you know, and then and then we haven't even talked about Josh Brook yet, and, and right. he's going to yes. be a player. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they've got options on the blue line. Romanov's in town, but he's not actually able to play because he's under contract. Mm. Uh, um, and uh, and he's a player who I think will probably be in Montreal next. Year. I mean, I, I nothing happens Ooh. by coincidence in this world, right? And I think the fact that he's around, even though, yeah. yeah, the fact that he's around, they brought him in. Uh, yeah. They're going to keep they're going to keep in regular contact with him. They're not going to make any mistakes yeah. uh, like they have in the past. With uh, I mean, I think they <laughs> I think there were some miscommunications um, with Emmeline. I think they would have liked for him to come over a little sooner than he ultimately did. And mm-hmm. you know, I think they want to make sure they want to make sure that everything's happening there. And and I think also they want Romanov to feel more and more uh, comfortable around Montreal and around the organization. And also, let's face it, I mean, this is a pretty cool place. And and yeah, you know, if you're if you're a hockey player and and if and you sort of see what's going on here, I think you probably even though. Even though he's he's playing for what I imagine is his childhood uh, team, um, right. it's kind of cool to you know you want to create the hunger for them to come here as well, and I think they're doing that. So Which, I would say it's bright. Yeah, I think, I think the prospect pool is is far deeper than it's been. Oh, for sure. Now that, and I don't want to keep you for too much longer. We're starting to get uh, into your time here. Um, That's fine. I've got a few more minutes. Okay. Not well, a problem. well, quickly, we're talking about the hunger to play childhood yeah. team. Duchesne's in town. I know that's a long shot. That's a long yeah. shot. But uh, what are your yeah, thoughts on Yeah, he's going. He's going. He's going to Nashville. He's yeah. Going and Nashville. I saw you say that today. What's your mm-hmm. rationale? It's just like the, he is known to. He is known to want to go there by people uh, I trust. Okay. Um, the team. The team very clearly is eager to have him. I think Poyle has tried to trade for him in the past. Mm. Uh, he has a house there. Uh, um, I don't know. Right. He's a country music freak. Like, uh, it's just, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. Now, look, the, again, and then there are other people I respect. Like, I was listening to Chris Johnson today from Sportsnet and, you know, Drager and those guys. And, and yeah. I mean, those guys those guys speak from a position of deep inside knowledge, right? Hence, hence insiders. Mm. Then yeah. they sort of say, well, it's not really a courtesy thing. Like, if it's, you don't go and visit. Like, if you wanted to do a courtesy, he could have taken a phone call or had yeah. Canadians or had the Canadians go and pitch him at his agent's office or whatever, but he didn't. He came to Montreal and he toured yeah. the facilities and he they gave him the pitch. And so look, there's there it's not a zero, it's not a it's 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 a non zero probability that he will be here. However, I find it hard to imagine that the Canadians are gonna offer from 10 million bucks a year yeah exactly and there are teams mm, and there yeah. are teams there are teams that are there are teams out there that are going to offer him 10 million bucks a year listen there are teams out there willing to pay 7.125 million for kevin hayes which he's a fine player <laughs> but come, on, <laughs> like, come on man like he'd be he'd be the highest paid he'd be the highest paid for in the canadians it's like this makes no sense right yeah, and be... you know jeff skinner i think oh. the jeff skinner deal is the comparable that that uh duchene's people are going to point to and essentially right. say well yeah okay skinner might have more goals except duchene's a center Yep. And and centers are worth more. Therefore, mm-hmm. I'm worth more than Skinner. So you're looking at probably nine and a half, ten million bucks a year, and that's a big, big ticket. Like that would require some a bunch of gymnastics on Montreal's mm-hmm. part, even though they have a bunch of cap room. Like there would be, there would be dominoes there that would uh, that would have to go yeah. out. now. 
maybe what you do is you sign Duchesne, uh, you move Domi back to the wing. That makes a winger expendable. You trade the winger to get the defenseman. I don't know. Uh, maybe All that's of part stuff. of the rest. No, <laughs> there are tons of scenarios. I don't think they need to do that, though, in, in, in the current market. I, I think I think they'll be in and, and talking to a bunch of different uh, people. I would expect, uh, if I expected anything, which I don't necessarily, uh, I would expect a more modest kind of um, Jonas Donskoy shaped yeah. signing, that sort expect of thing. Expect the like unexpected. The, well, that's yeah. certainly true, with, especially with especially with Bergevin. You just never know. Yeah, yeah. It's a black box trying to get anything yeah. out of there. It <laughs> is like I mean, I, there are some people who have who have some insight, and I mean, I know that that there are you know Bergevin has people that he does talk to uh, that we all kind of constantly harass. <laughs> yeah. Like, so what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, most of them are very good at uh, at keeping his secrets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've likened him to Bob Mueller in the past. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just a vault. Just like better suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, beefier. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's not. Uh, I think the the only the, the only <laughs> real deal that I think that, that 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 was in any sense telegraphed to my way of thinking was maybe Jeff Petrie. But generally speaking, you don't really know what what he's up to until he does it. You know, the Petrie yeah. thing was funny because he. Uh, um, I mean, I, I remember I remember they pitched up, and I can't remember who was GM of the Oilers at the time. It might have been it might have been Sherell. No, it wouldn't have been Sherell. Yeah. It would have been probably McTavish. Anyhow, and they were sort yes. of like uh, sitting up, like on the morning skate. And we were up sitting in the corner, and and sort of speaking conspiratorially. And I'm like, well, this is a bit obvious, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> and then I thought, well, I wonder if it's Petrie. And then you sort of see. And you see, oh, Petrie's agent is in town. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm. And then you sort of say, oh, I wonder if this is the guy. And then, of course, it was, right? So yeah. wow, rumors yeah. started and everything. But that's that. a lot of the stuff that's said about Montreal tends to originate um, outside of Montreal. Yes. Which is always worth bearing in mind when you assess trade rumors involving Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know this. <laughs> I don't, I don't so. start to contemplate anything until it's been announced by the Habs. Yep. Well, exactly. it's fun to though right i mean and you know there there there's there's their time to fill and and websites to yes, websites to keep to keep course. rolling content on and column inches and newspapers and all that sort of stuff so <laughs> yeah no just me yeah. personally i know that nothing is true until it's announced by the habs so you know nothing yep. is final until it's announced by them so i just I, you know if if i despaired over who they might be trading i I just, I don't want to. You wouldn't have time for anything else. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, I guess we'll see. The, 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 it is, it, I, I, I really expected the, uh, the pre-draft period to be a little busier than it was. And it is generally a busy time. But the other thing that happens is there is often a lag uh, between talks beginning, talks concluding, and talks actually resulting in a deal. And so very mm-hmm. often... If things happen on a fairly long timeline, GMs will go and talk to each other about various scenarios and about this guy and that guy. And, oh, no, I'm not going to move him. And then, like, yeah, you know, a few weeks later, oh, this guy's horse shit. You know, yeah, you mm-hmm. can have him. Just give me this. And then it's, well, I don't know if I can give you that. And and so and there's kind of a continuum from the trade deadline through the draft to free agency. And there's a lot of discussions. Right. There are a lot of discussions that I thought were going to result in a conclusion uh, last week that didn't, but that doesn't mean that they won't this week or next. And so uh, I think we'll see. Just because the 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 cap moving downward, I think is yeah, it's going to squeeze a bunch of teams. Like Vegas is in a bad spot. Like yes. they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to have to do they're going to have to do something. And I think no one. And as Brian Burke always likes to say, when when you're when you're flailing around in the water, the other guy, all the other guys are going to throw at you as an anchor. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting to see uh, to see what what those guys end up doing to try and get back uh, back into cap compliance. And who was it that I think it, it might have been LeBron who said something about how you know uh, other GMs are going to remember what McPhee did a couple of years ago. Like they they've got long memories. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so I mean, he's going to have a tough time. It's, it's uh, I always joke that if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to shake up the National Hockey League and kind of drag it kicking and screaming into modernity, <laughs> what you would have to do is you'd have to limit the number of people in any organization who, uh, whose dads played, uh, uh, right. or who played themselves, mm. or who whose brother played, 
um, and you know, or who refed or who did this. And right. it's like you need to get rid of you need to get rid of a lot of these old kind of networks because one of that's that I think is honestly the biggest barrier to offer sheets. And I mean, I think if you're running a business, um, like if I were the owner of the Montreal Canadiens and I saw that my greatest historical rival, the Toronto Maple Leafs, yes. were in a bad spot with uh, a player who is probably a top five player in the league right now. And if he's not, is going to be for the next mm-hmm. 10 years. I mean, yes. like, what are you waiting for? Screw the exactly. guy. Come on, man. Like, like, come on. Like, what's going on here? And it's not going to happen probably now. The other thing also is the culture of hockey and that I think if, you know, if Mitch Marner wants to sign an offer sheet, uh, God bless him if he does, that would be great. That would be a fantastic <laughs> <Yes>. story. <laughs> it would be it would be a total chaos Muppet move. I think it would be fantastic. Uh, but probably he doesn't because that's just not really what most hockey players do. You know, Shea Weber, it was interesting. I'd, not, I'd, I'd, I'd been meaning to kind of find a moment to ask him about his offer sheet. Because he hasn't really ever talked about it, and yeah, really. uh, yeah, well, he's sort of alluded to things, and he's kind of like answered, answered perfunctorily. But I really wanted to sort of see what are you going to talk like. We get him to talk about it in kind of a quiet moment, and Marc Antoine actually asked him about it in the room, right toward the end of the season. And I think it was like he was feeling in an expensive mood, and and uh, and he's like, uh, "What was that like?" And he's like, "Surreal," because huh. it's just really you? weird. This is just really weird. Like you, you've, you're, you're, you're in these, you're in the, you're locked in this negotiation, and you're kind of bummed because you, all you really want is for it to get done, so you can play hockey and all this. And he says your agent comes to you and presents you this, and it's like you look at the number, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> yeah. Just like <laughs> what? And then it was like, and I mean, and and he signed it. Right? People tend to forget he signed it. He, yeah. He agreed to leave Nashville, and and. Uh, and then, of course, you thought, well, you know, they're probably going to match it. And is this going to be like any he's just feeling mm. kind of guilty about it? Captain of the team, you know, all this other stuff. And, and at the same time, he was like, well, you know, you got to do what's best for you. And, and then ultimately they matched it. And he said I was kind of like he was feeling a mixture of relief because mm. um, he didn't, you know, he was happy to stay. Uh, but like it's just this very weird like it's uh, like I just I, I find like I, I would think that 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 athletes in another sport um, would just be like sure give me the money here we go See exactly you later, right you know mm-hmm. and it's like I got to look after mine but I, I don't know and so yeah the the network of GMs is 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 woven extremely tightly and it's true they do they do have long memories and they do they do judge uh others based on yeah. sorts of things like are you a reliable partner or not and the other thing that's interesting and this is this is a theory that chris stevenson uh, uh also of the athletic in ottawa he he has a theory that gms don't actually talk to all the other gms there are very few managers in the league who have a regular calling list that's more than about seven or eight guys and that mm-hmm. you find yourself in situations sometimes where, like, I remember uh, when 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 Pierre Gauthier traded Mike Camilleri. Yes. Uh, in the middle of the game. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. To, uh, where did he trade him? Did he trade him back Jersey? to Calgary? New no, Jersey? I think he oh. traded him back to Calgary. No, he traded him back to Calgary for Rennie Bork. So, oh, right. So, so, essentially, like, I was working at the Globe at the time, and Eric Duhacek, who, of course, knows everybody in the game, was the Calgary guy at the Globe at the time. And he calls me and goes, what the hell? He goes, did, like, did, did, they, did they not call, uh, you know, did, did Gauthier not call Dean Lombardi? He was like, no. He goes, Lombardi was like, like was, is dying for help on the wing. He's played in L.A. before. He goes, he probably right. would have been able to get, uh, I can't remember what the name was. Uh, what was the name? Anyway, a defenseman. And he's like, you know what? He would have given him up. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. He was, ask him. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, okay, Eric. I'll just pick up the phone. I'll just pick up the phone and call Gautier, sure. And my close personal friend. But I did I did later find out. I was like, did they test the market? They're like, and, and, and Gautier may, may even have been asked it in public, sort of like, did you inquire about any other possibilities for Camilleri? Mm-hmm. And he was like, nope, had the deal I liked, and that was that. It's like, okay, then. <laughs> Boy. Didn't even let him take his jersey. 
Well, you know, not only well, he ended up, uh, he, uh, you know, he ended up getting his jersey. The, the yes. Team, the team, the team made that right. The team yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, wow. I miss Cammy. He was such a good quote. Oh. <laughs> like it's they, they always they trade away all the guys that are really good with the media. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. You know, PK was great and. Yeah. Cammy was great, and uh, I don't know who else have they traded recently. Oh, Radulov. Radulov was Radulov oh, God, was yes. hilarious. Uh, <laughs> they didn't really trade him, but yeah. No. So uh, yeah, that was uh, so. That's kind of how the 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 tangled web uh, manifests itself. But they they uh, yeah. I mean, I, I at some point there's going to be a player or a group of players who are just going to say. You know what? Uh, I'm not really on board with uh, the old school way of doing things, and this is how we're going to roll. So, yeah, anyway, I mean, hopefully, it's Mitch Marner. Yeah, right, man. Yes. Uh, it's going to be, it's either, it has to be coming because, I mean, there's not too much of the mentality, you know, that's in the game currently. It's all in the management. So, maybe another five years, maybe another decade, we'll start to see that web start to fracture a bit, and maybe it'll be a new sport. Exactly. Exactly. Some of the 200 hockey men are gonna are gonna die off at some point. To, exactly. to be at some by, point, to be replaced by their to be replaced by their children. Yeah, man. <laughs> or guys, they, or guys they played with. Exactly. So uh, great. So uh, great. Do we have other questions? I think I'm all set. I don't know what you yeah. were thinking. Yeah. Uh, we want to be mindful that. of your time, Sean. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think. I, I, might, uh, I think I might have to run off. I think Harper needs to talk to me. So that's okay. You can edit this part of it out if you, uh, if you wish. Uh, oh, no, it'll be great. It'll just no, be, a bunch, be a bunch of beeps <laughs> and jingles. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll um, tell Arpin we say hey. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Yes. I will absolutely. I will absolutely. And so uh, thanks again for the opportunity. Yeah, guys. Thank, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. This is great fun. So I, uh, I, love, I love following all you guys on Twitter. So we'll do it again sometime. it. For sure. Anytime. Yes, please. Thanks, Sean. Yes. All Have right, you guys. All the Have best. a good Have night. Have a good evening. Too. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. 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 That was fun. What and... a delightful person. He's out. Yeah. We have uh, five minutes to talk about <laughs> our player of the week, which I kind of want to push to next week now. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yes. However, can I? Yes, do something. Okay, because I've been wanting to talk about this for three weeks, and it's this weekend. Do it. Oh, yes. Softball tournament. Yes. Yes. With okay. Josh so, Georges, the prices. Beth, take yeah. it away. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, every year for the past uh, few years, I don't know exactly how many, Josh Georges has been doing a softball tournament to support Joanna's house. Um which is a home away from home at Kelowna General Hospital for families traveling for care. So it's very similar to the Ronald McDonald House yes. for our American listeners. The house is scheduled to be finished this year. And then um, with funds from, I think, the most recent um, tournaments. And then the funds from this edition of the event will help with the house's operation and maintenance once it opens. So Friday, which is tomorrow... Um, at Elk Stadium, there's the opening festivities, which will be an autograph section and the NHL All-Star match with current and former players. The current Habs are going to be Weber, Price, Gallagher, and Kara Alsner. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> All right. I wish the, I could go. What a and bunch the alums, of dads. <laughs> the alums will be Joe Morrow, uh, oh, Brian Gianta, awesome. Renee Burke. Bork, Gianta? Yeah. Uh, James Wisniewski and Colby Armstrong. Whoa! Oh, and then Dave, listen, listen to this. You're gonna love this part. You're gonna listen. I'm probably gonna love this part. On Saturday, there's gonna be a co-ed tournament with 24 teams done in a guess what? Hmm. A round robin. <gasps> round robin! I totally thought you were gonna say, and the concession stand <laughs> is gonna be ran by Phil Kessel. No. Sorry. And I would have, I would have um, booked a flight. <laughs> I'm sorry. If, if that comes up, I'll let you know. Um, but the reason why um, Josh George just started this off is because it comes from his own experiences as a kid when I think his brother um, had to go to the hospital a lot because I think he had cancer. But I think he's okay. Um, I think his brother's okay. okay. Um, Good. But, yeah. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Good old Josh George's. 
But yeah, be sure to check out Instagram and stuff because I'm sure because I know the Habs Instagram and all the player Instagram, oh, Angela Price's Instagram. Um, what's Josh George's wife's name? Maggie. Maggie Maggie's yep. um, Instagram. Um, Shay's Instagram. They're all going to be littered with stuff from Shay's the, uh... Instagram is locked. Oh, not sure. Okay, then then he was on the the, <laughs> the Canadian Instagram today. Yes. So um, be sure to check out his Instagram stories because you will see all the fun. Maybe we'll see Carrie with his goalie gear again this this year. <laughs> that was pretty funny last Love. year too. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. So that's great. I, we have a couple minutes, and I think that's all we need to talk about this last thing I want to talk about. Are you guys ready for okay. this? Because it's a good I'm ready. one. Are you ready for this? So, I had the narrative poured into my eye sockets this past weekend when P.K. Subban was traded for a bag of pucks to to the Nashville, I mean, no, to the New Jersey Devils. He goes yes. from Montreal to Nashville to Newark. And we can, and it's done. It is done. The narrative yeah. is over. It's done. Cole has lost the trade twice. Well, as like somebody Nuts. else pointed out to me, even Tampa managed to get something for JT Miller. Well, yeah, it, yes, and uh, now, yes. one of the prospects that that came back in the in the in the new PK Subban trade. Uh, is a decent fella. Can't recall the name. I don't have it right quick here, but um, yeah. And plus, we're kind of running out of time too. But I just, it's just wow. Nine million dollar player traded twice. Nah. Did you see that cap friendly said that there's? It's the highest cap hit that that's ever been traded in the NHL. Twice. And it's been traded twice, and it was PK Subban both both time. <laughs> it just makes you wonder why is it just the money? I don't think so. And we've t- we've we've spoken about it ad nauseum, and I yeah, just okay. that's why I don't yeah. want to put too much time on it. But yeah. we are right. Yeah, we are. Period. 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 The end. And that's all. Bolded fourteen point font center. <laughs> Italics and the Nashville fan base. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're not too broken up about all the fans who have fled that fan base and made their way to Newark. Yes. Yeah, and 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 now we got uh, <laughs> Shea Jersey up in Montreal. Now I'm sure. Yeah. Or whatever the hell that. No, 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 no. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now with that being said, as you know, uh, Mr. Gordon was talking uh, before. Freaking Jersey is going to have a good team, I think. Yes. And I'm not going to yeah. enjoy going to fucking Newark to watch it. <laughs> we'll just go for a different game. No, I'm going to go for the Habs game on February 4th. I'm going. I already have the awesome. date picked out. God. Newark, you hate going there. I do. I hate driving Ooh. in there. I hate parking in there it's it's all how just, far am i from there it's a fucking disaster every time we go what is the name <laughs> of the arena um it's like a car name isn't it prudential center oh prudential center. long island that could be <laughs> that's uh that'd be uh barkley well why do they have a car in there they I'm do six hours away not going for just a night. No, and the thing is, if the Habs lose and they haven't had luck yeah. there, it is it is a troll house. It is the yeah. worst experience <laughs> losing at a rink I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> okay, but is it is it John Tavares scoring the overtime game winning goal in the Bell Center on a Saturday night? Bad. Mm, true. Because I've lived that. I'm yeah. pretty sure the Devils was worse. It's okay. It gets bad. I mean, Rick right. Flair is involved. I mean, it's like you can't top Ric Flair very often. Okay. But see, like I've seen Ric Flair at an ECHL game, so I'm not even going to be impressed. Okay, so <laughs> all right, we're, we're going to close on this probably. What happens is that after every goal that New Jersey scores, they do a Ric Flair woo. Yeah, that's what they did at the ZCHL game. 
Okay. So and like one time, Ric Flair was there. That's amazing. I wish and I so was I'm... there. <laughs> Come to South Carolina, where hockey is weird and the points don't matter. Except don't go. South because... Carolina. We yeah, can. I didn't. What? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> South Carolina so that has might... two hockey teams. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Whoa. They're both ECHL teams, so. Cool, cool, though. Yeah. Dave is angry. Anyway. Is Dave mad? <laughs> no. Dave, okay. mad news band. No, that doesn't work. Sorry. No. I, I apologize for my awfulness. <laughs> you tried. It was a good try. Thank you. Yeah. You can't do it if you don't try. I'll allow it. <laughs> Anyway, this was, was uh, great. the first episode of the Happy Hour, uh, yeah. season three. Thank you, season everyone, three. for sticking around. And we yeah. judge the seasons, at least how we did it last year, is that uh, the first episode after the draft, it's pretty much it's a new season now. Yeah. We know yes. the players, aside from free agency and whatever might happen. And mm-hmm. now we're just waiting for the season. And we're going to be here all summer for you. That's Old right. Summer. That's right. So no weeks off. No weeks off. No none. No weeks off until I'm in Japan for the That's first right. seven but games we're of the to figure that out. fucking season. <laughs> Dave. Dave. <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't you want to ask me something? Oh yeah. Yeah, Dave. Ask Veronica. Veronica, something. what is your password? Kyle Dubis. Good luck, Kyle. Good Good luck, luck, Kyle. Good luck, Kyle. You are hexed. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Bye. 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 Wow. That was fun. He did for the whole episode. Questions before I ask that.